You are listening to episode number seven of the You Are Nourished podcast, and today is all about exercise and how intricately linked it is to your relationship with food. If you've only ever been told that all you need to do is eat less and move more, and you'll have the body of your dreams, but that hasn't exactly worked out for you, lol, then in today's episode, we're uncovering why that might be. Ready to get your sweat on or not? Stay tuned. Are you tired of dieting, fed up with constantly stressing out about food and sick to death of feeling like absolute rubbish because no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get control over your eating habits? Well, my love, you are in the right place. I'm Lauren Gafer. I'm a nutritional therapist and a mindset coach. I'm a mum of two and I happen to be partial to an oat milk latte and a Friday night gin and tonic, but I am mostly on a mission to make sure that you never go on another diet. On this podcast, my goal is to liberate you from restrictive and unsustainable diets by learning how to eat more intuitively, teaching you how to nourish yourself in body and mind, and helping you feel the best you've ever felt without ever counting another calorie again. Let's dive into today's episode. Just eat less and move more. Track your food and stay in a calorie deficit. That phrase literally makes me want to vomit. All the BS crap that is shoved down our throats about food and movement and how our bodies ought to look as a result of said food and movement. If it was that simple, we would all look like Cameron Diaz, but we don't. I know that's a bit of a 90s reference, but hey, I know I'm showing my age here. Look, diet and exercise are so closely linked to one another because diet culture has taught us that the purpose of exercise is to burn calories and get thin. So you just work off what you ate. Simples. So we've got this tangled mess of feeling guilty about our food choices. So we punish ourselves with exercise to work it off. It's no wonder we can't stick to an exercise routine and we go on beating ourselves for that too. Let's explore why. All right. So listen, I'm not a fitness instructor. in any way, shape or form. And when you hear a little bit more about what I've got to say today, you'll see why. So do not take this as, you know, exercise advice or, you know, any kind of fitness coaching because I'm not trained in that area. What I am trained in is helping you to have a healthier relationship with food and with your body. And that also includes having a healthier relationship with movement. And, you know, diet culture, fitness culture, it's all one in the same. You know, they've been merged together because of the whole just eat less and move more. Uh, really just... <laughs> makes me want to slap something because it's not that simple. If it were that, if it really was that simple, then we really would just all be, you know, walking around with the bodies of our dreams. And, you know, it's just insane. It's bonkers. It's absolute rubbish. So, you know, there are some very, very real reasons why you might not be able to stick to any kind of fitness or, you know, or exercise routine. And every time you try a new exercise or a new fitness plan, you simply can't stick to it. Food and exercise tend to go hand in hand. So when you start a new diet, very frequently you're also starting a new fitness plan as well. So it might be you've joined a gym and then you were given a meal plan to go with that, or maybe you're starting up, uh, you know, a running group or some sort of, uh, you know, local um, hit class or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Generally, when you uh, start a new diet, when you make a, a New Year's resolution, for example, they tend to, to be 
around diet and exercise. So they, you know, they go hand in hand. And, you know, quite often what you're eating perhaps isn't giving you the energy that you need for the exercise, or maybe you're just not quite seeing the results that you wanted in terms of weight loss. And so you give up quite quickly. The other thing is that, you know, quite often we are doing something that we're not particularly enjoying. You know, it might be that you've started up some kind of fitness plan and you've you really hate it. So as we've talked about before, we've got to think about our joy levels when it comes to anything. If it's not bringing us joy, we are not going to stick to it. So I just want to give you a little sneak peek into primary school and teenage Lauren, because um, a lot of the things, you know, in my younger years sort of defined my own relationship with exercise in my later years, because I was, you know, had certain beliefs about myself, my body and my own fitness that, you know, lasted for, for years and made it really, really difficult for me to stick to anything. And I believe me, I tried, you know, everything, you know, running, cycling. I've even done a bloody triathlon. That was hideous. You know, swimming, hit classes, body pump, gym, you know, you name it. I've tried it. Have I managed to, you know, create uh, any kind of, you know, routine and consistency and regularity out of many of those? Well, up until reasonably recently, no, I'd go in all guns blazing, um, start the new thing and three weeks in, just get bored and you know, not do it anymore. So when I was in primary school, probably kind of late primary school, I'm thinking the equivalent of um, year six, we used to do cross country and it was literally my worst day of the year. I bloody hated it. There are a lot of children in my school and I would invariably come not completely last, but definitely in the, the bottom five. I was just not a fit or sporty child <laughs> particularly. And I absolutely hated it. I was really slow and I always, you know, was one of the last in the cross country race. So that kind of planted a seed in me um, of a belief that I was not a sporty person, that I was unfit. Um, and it really also kicked off, um, you know, poor body image as well. Um, because invariably, you know, all the really, you know, skinny fit children would be at the, at the end and invariably all the bigger kids would come last. I'm generalizing here. This was the 1980s and, you know, that's just kind of, you know, how it was. I was teasing and whatnot. So I was, you know, I developed these beliefs that I was not sporty. Fast forward a few years into uh, secondary school and teenage Lauren also not particularly sporty. I would find any way I could to get out of PE. I absolutely hated it. Did anybody enjoy school PE? I, I'm really not sure. But in my little close group of friends that I was in, um, there were four of us. The three other, my three other friends were really sporty. They were all in the netball team and the hockey team and like super fit and super, you know, slender in my eyes. You know, I felt kind of like the larger, chubbier girl. I probably wasn't. I don't know. Again, you know, young bodied smorphia. And again, bedding in these beliefs that, you know, I'm not fit, I'm not sporty, exercise and sport and fitness is just not for me. That's that's not who I am. You know, these beliefs, they start to become part of the fabric of who you are. They start to define you as an identity. And, you know, you carry them, you know, as you get older. And I think this kind of, you know, 
hatred of um, of PE, of being shouted at on, you know, on a hockey pitch on a cold winter's day. I mean, literally, absolutely loathed it. I really couldn't couldn't understand the girls that, you know, that that loved loved PE and loved all the sports. I quite enjoyed tennis. <laughs> In the summer, we had a nice little uniform for tennis. There wasn't too much running around. It was, you know, it was quite glamorous. Um, and yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. But the, the muddy hockey on a January afternoon, less so. And then as I, you know, got a little bit older and I started to get my period um, and we had swimming, then that was an excellent excuse for getting out of swimming every single week as well because I didn't feel comfortable in a swimming costume either. You know, there's a lot to be said for, you know, for teenage body image and I just didn't want to be seen in a swimming costume because I felt fat and I felt chubbier than all of my friends so you know probably one of another reason why I um, didn't want to do swimming either so so much mess um, that you know develops in those formative years and I'll bet you're nodding away going oh my god that was me I wasn't a sporty kid either and this really does define you know quite often why you you can't stick to things um because you're just told you're not sporty you're terrible at fitness and so when you when you're older and you try all of these you know boot camps and uh, hit things and body pump you do it for 3 weeks and then you can't stick to it because the little voice in your head is going you're not sporty what do you what do you what do you think you're doing So, you know, that really did define what I felt was my identity as a non-sporty person. I still wouldn't consider myself a sporty person, but I have found a way now to enjoy movement. I discovered spinning, spin classes, and I absolutely loved them. It was, you know, I was living in Australia actually at the time and the gym that we went to had spin classes and it was an absolute revelation. This would have been, when were we living? 2004, 2005. Um, And it was like going out clubbing. And for me, uh, being reminded of my clubbing days in the 90s in the form of exercise was like, oh my God, this is a revelation. So it was banging tunes. It was dark. It was disco lights. And I just loved it. And I couldn't wait to do it. It didn't feel like exercise because you're just having so much fun. But by the end of it, you come out and you are literally, you know, sweating, knackered, out of breath, but you've had the best time. And I think that is a real clue as to finding something that you enjoy. And now, I'm very fortunate to have a Peloton bike and I feel the same way. I absolutely love it because it's just for me about the movement and about the music. It doesn't feel like exercise. It's just pure fun. And also, if you pick an instructor that's easy on the eye, that can also make it really enjoyable as well. So there are definitely, you know, ways that you can find joy for movement um, as long as it's bringing you some excitement. And that's what I really love about, you know, about the spin classes and how I'm able to keep it up to this day. So there is a big difference between exercise for weight loss and movement for joy. So let's break this down a little bit. When you are exercising for weight loss, you are, you've only got one goal in mind, right? You're on your diet, you're doing your fitness plan, and you're weighing yourself. And if you are not seeing the results on the scales from your efforts, then it's not going to be particularly motivating for you to carry on. You're like, this isn't working. Well, it might not be, you know, visible on the scales, um, but certainly the movement that you are 
partaking in is definitely doing something. But when you ignore all of the other benefits of movement and you only track a number on a scale, then you're not going to want to continue if you're not seeing that number move. And let's not forget that when you are changing your diet and when you are changing you know, the movement that you're doing, then that is reflected in the number on the scale in all sorts of different ways. It might even go up. And that can be like, oh my God, this exercise is making me gain weight. Stop immediately and try something different. And you move around from different thing to different thing, trying to get the results that you're looking for and really just messing about with your body and messing about with your metabolism, not really um, you know, tapping into the benefits of movement. So let's explore what some of those are and how you can move away from the mindset of exercise for weight loss, exercise to burn calories, exercise to work off what I ate yesterday to movement for joy. And this is um, another principle of intuitive eating. And it's really important that we find ways to move our bodies in ways that bring us joy. Movement and exercise, let's, you know, we'll all agree that it's an important part of a healthy lifestyle. It is beneficial for your blood sugar. It can help you to, you know, keep your weight stable. I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to lose three stone by doing a certain type of exercise, but, you know, it can help with weight stability because you're balancing your blood sugar. Um, and it can help with your energy levels. It can help with your joints and your muscles, depending on what you do. Um, I know that when I exercise or when I move my body um, consistently and regularly, I sleep better. I have more energy when I wake up in the morning. I have a more, um, how should we describe it? <laughs> a better functioning digestive system. So I noticed, uh, you know, recently over the Christmas period, um, two weeks of being a slob, which is completely fine. No shame there. Not really doing very much exercise that, you know, after a little while, I wasn't sleeping very well at night. I couldn't really wake up in the morning. Digestive system not working very well and generally just feeling overall sluggish and stiff and not not in a good way. And then as soon as January rolled around and, and this is not January New Year's resolutions, this is, you know, Christmas is done. I'm going to get back to the healthy habits that I know make me feel good. And I was back on the bike and, you know, doing the things that I enjoy. We've got a dog. So, you know, walking the dog and, you know, all that kind of thing. I started to feel better. My energy returned, my sleep improved, my digestion improved. And those are the things that motivate me. Um, it might be different for you. Uh, and again, you need to be mindful of, uh, you know, your own body and what you can push it to. Because certainly as we age, we also need to be mindful of the type of exercise that we're doing. As we age, our needs around movement change. And, you know, when you start to get into your 40s and 50s, it's not going to be the same exercise that delivers you the same results as when you were in your 20s and 30s. So you might used to go and beast yourself on the pavements, uh, body pump classes, intense cardio, but that might not be what you need 
um, in your 40s and 50s and beyond, um, what we need is, you know, things that are going to help with bone density, like, you know, resistance training and lifting weights and body weight exercises. These are really, really important for us, you know, in our 40s and 50s and beyond. You know, we want to avoid injury as we age. And I know that sounds like, oh my God, um, you know, a bit depressing, but we do. Um, it's not the same. Like when, you know, when you look at, I mean, I'm not encouraging you to do this because it's a horrible place to look, but the hashtag Fitspo on Instagram is full of, you know, girls in their 20s, not shaming them, but, you know, very, very focused on, you know, skinny, um, also the kind of Kim Kardashian type of shape, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. It is, it's massive. It's not a place you want to hang out. It's very, very triggering. It's you know, I would unfollow that hashtag if that is what you're following. But this is the opposite of that. You know, this is finding ways to move your body, not to manipulate the way that you look, not to change your shape, you know, abs for days and whatever, but to, you know, instigate some joy and to help your overall health and preventative health as well in the form of preventing injuries as we age. So we need to think about, you know, what do our, what do we need in this life stage in terms of movement and explore that. Also, your movement needs are going to change depending on what you are going through in life. So if you're having a really stressful time in your life and you're exhausted from that, you may be in adrenal fatigue, which is when your adrenal glands that are responsible for your stress hormones have just kind of packed up and you are just on the floor, you're flatlined, you're knackered, and you can barely get up in the morning. The last thing your body needs is a hit class at that point in your life, what you need is to lie in a dark room, uh, you know, doing some gentle restorative yoga and, you know, doing some deep breathing, you know, gentle movement, gentle stretching, nothing, you know, that's going to overexert you because that's going to put even more pressure on your cortisol and stress you out even more. So your needs are going to change. And again, you know, this is why Sticking to the same thing is not necessarily beneficial. If you've always been a runner and then suddenly you hit your mid-40s and you're like, running isn't really working for me anymore, but it's the thing I've always done. I don't know any different. Perhaps you need to change that up a little bit. Running, not great for, I know, for middle-aged ladies, <laughs> you know, not great for our joints. You know, it doesn't build any muscle, intense cardio, not, not brilliant for us. So you've got to think about, you know, the kinds of things that you need based on, you know, where, what life stage you're in, what you're going through in your life. You know, I remember after I had my, my first child, my son, um, I was totally knackered. Um, and yet I was like, got to lose the baby weight, got to lose the baby weight. And so I joined a gym and, you know, was doing all the things in the gym. And obviously I, I don't know, had a few PT sessions and all they're interested in is helping you lose the baby weight as well. Not interested in looking at your, you holistically and what's going on in your life. Just, you know, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And, um, I was just kept getting sick. Uh, you know, I'd go to the gym, I'd do a few weeks and then I'd come down with a chest infection and then I'd be out for a few weeks and on antibiotics. And I go, right, got to get back to the gym. Got to lose the baby weight. Got to lose the baby weight. Back to the gym, back to exercising. And then again, I would pick up some another chest infection and have to go back on antibiotics. This happened multiple times in my son's first year because I was so obsessed with losing the baby weight that I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't listening to what I actually needed. And actually I wasn't losing the baby weight at all. It wasn't shifting and I just felt worse and worse. And I just kept getting sick. And so at that point, I went to see a good friend of mine who was a naturopath. And she was like, Lauren, <laughs> there's something, you know, are you not seeing the pattern here? And I'm like, no, I don't really. 
<laughs> what? And it was like, you need to stop going to the gym. It's like, oh, well, well, how am I supposed to lose the baby weight? You know, you panic, don't you? You think, well, if I'm not in beast mode, if I'm not, you know, running on a treadmill and doing all the things, then, you know, what? what how am I going to burn the calories? And she said, just go and start doing some yoga. And I was like, okay. And I did love yoga. So I went back to my yoga and hey, lo and behold, my immune system got better. My cortisol levels, you know, stabilized. I stopped getting sick. I was less stressed. I was breathing. I was, you know, there was an hour for me um, where I was, you know, being restored and healed. And I just adore yoga to this day. It's so restorative and it can be, you know, hot and sweaty and powerful, but it can also be really nourishing. And that's what I love about it. And that's what I needed. I didn't need to be in beast mode at the gym. I needed to be lying on a mat, having a lovely stretch, a little bit of downward dog, you know, nothing too, nothing too strenuous. And that's what my body needed. So think, what do you need? What does your body need? And it might not be the thing that diet culture and fitness culture has taught you that you need. So let's wrap this up. And I want you to have a think about your own relationship with movement and exercise. Maybe my little story of, you know, teenage Lauren and the and the, the PE classes are sort of struck a chord with you. Uh, you know, maybe you've been trying to stick to, you know, an exercise routine or, or some type of fitness that you simply can't because you don't enjoy it. And this is why I said at the very beginning, I'm not going to give you exercise advice because I don't know what you like. Um, you know, there's a million different ways for you to move your body in joyful ways. And for some person that's going to be lifting weights at the gym, that's going to be a spin class or a peloton, that's going to be a hit class, it's going to be a walk in nature, it might be a swim, it might be, you know, a, a rebound class where you're bouncing on trampolines, it might be disco groove bananas. I don't know. <laughs> There's all sorts of things. There's definitely something out there that you will enjoy. And that is what I want you to try and get out of today's episode. That moving your body for joy is going to be a way for you to actually create a consistent routine out of it. Because there's no benefit in you starting you know, something and giving up after three weeks, beating yourself up about it and then doing nothing for six months. You are definitely going to benefit from a daily walk, you know, for 20 minutes. You are definitely going to benefit from, you know, a yoga class once or twice a week consistently. You are definitely going to benefit from finding something that you enjoy because not only is that movement benefiting you in all the ways that we've spoken about, but it's helping you to balance your nervous system. Because when we do things that make us happy, that reduces our stress levels. And so if you, and we're all stressed, you know, <laughs> we're all busy, we're all living in a pandemic, you know, we're all working, we're all, you know, all the things. And what movement can do is bring you a little moment for you that enables you to balance out those cortisol levels, balance out your nervous system, allow your body to return to a state of balance in rest and digest the parasympathetic nervous system. I won't get too sciencey on you, but we want to get out of fight or flight. And quite often the body pump, the hit classes, the running keeps us in fight and flight. And we don't want to be in that mode. That's not good for us. We want to be in rest and digest. And we can still get that by doing these exercises, even if they are hit and running, as long as they're making us happy and we're not coming home, you know, completely wiped out and exhausted from that particular exercise. So 
Explore your own relationship with exercise. And I would like to encourage you to try out something that brings you joy and isn't based on how many calories you are going to burn. Leave the Fitbit at home. Doesn't matter how many steps you you do. Doesn't matter how many calories you burn from doing that particular piece of exercise. I want you to challenge yourself this week. This is my little piece of homework for you to move your body for joy and see if that's something that you are more like more likely to stick to than a hideous body pump class. You might love body pump. Personally, I hate it, but hey, you know, find something that you think you can stick to. And I'd love to know what you try. So hit me up on Instagram at nourished.lauren and let me know. Let me know what you think about this. Let me know what exercise is going to bring you joy. All right. I will see you again next week when I have a really exciting announcement. So make sure you follow the podcast so that you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you again for spending your time with me today. If this episode was valuable to you, I would truly appreciate it if you shared it with someone that would find it helpful. Also, don't forget you can find all the resources, links and show notes over at youarenourished.com. See you next week on the You Are Nourished podcast. Bye for now.